Welcome to the news with NDTV. The day is Tuesday, February 20th. In today's episode, Supreme Court cancels Chandigarh mayoral poll results, declares Aam Aadmi Party candidate winner. Maharashtra government approves Maratha quota unanimously. Calcutta High Court blasts the state government in Sandesh Khali case and Houthi rebels most damaging attack in the Red Sea. First up, Supreme Court order on the Chandigarh mayoral polls. Setting aside the result declared by the presiding officer in Chandigarh mayoral polls, the Supreme Court declared Aam Aadmi Party candidate Kuldeep Kumar as the winner. The court noted that all of the votes declared as invalid were in favour of Mr. Kumar. Additionally, they found returning poll officer Anil Masi guilty of misdemeanour. After the hearing, Aam Aadmi Party Supremo Arvind Kejriwal took to X and thanked the top court. He wrote, Thank you, Supreme Court, for saving democracy in these difficult times. The Bharatiya Janata Party had claimed a surprise win in January's Chandigarh mayoral election after the eight votes in favour of Aam Aadmi Party were discarded. The bench led by CJI D.Y. Chandrachur stated, This court is duty-bound to ensure that the democratic process is not set at naught by such subterfuges. We are therefore of the view that the court must step in such exceptional circumstances to ensure that the basic democratic mandate is ensured. Coming down strongly on returning officer Anil Masi, CGI showed the ballot papers to lawyers and said, The votes are cast for Kuldeep Kumar. What he does is, he puts a single line, just one line, as seen in the video. During Monday's hearing, Mr. Masi had claimed the scribbles he made were on already defaced ballots. The Supreme Court also reviewed the election poll officer video where CCTV footage caught him making marks on ballot papers. Mr. Masi's lawyer claimed looking at the camera was not an admission of guilt and that he only made the marks on the ballots he judged were invalid. But the CJI noticed there was a single line on votes for Kuldeep Kumar and no prior reasons to be deemed as invalid as the only mark on these ballots was the line which Mr. Masi was seen drawing. Mr. Masi told the court he wanted to ensure these defaced ballots were not counted and hence marked them. Next up, Maratha Kota. The Eknath Shinde-led Maharashtra government has passed the Maratha Kota bill unanimously, granting 10% reservation to Marathas in education and jobs in the state. The bill is based on a report by the Maharashtra Backward Class Commission. The report highlighted the community's low education and economic well-being. The survey reveals that 21.22% of Maratha families are below the poverty line, exceeding the state's average of 17.4%. Additionally, 84% of Maratha families do not fall under the progressed category, making them eligible for reservation as outlined in the bill. The survey also indicates that 94% of farmer suicides in Maharashtra involve Maratha families. While the state government supporters were seen celebrating and cheering outside the assembly, Maratha Kota activist Manoj Jarange Patil, who had been leading the demand for OBC certificates for Marathas, said that the government's move was election and vote-centric. He called the 10% quota a betrayal of the Maratha people, adding, and I quote, Whether the government lasts or survives is not our problem. We will not harm our children anymore and will hold a meeting tomorrow to insist our original demands are met. Notably, with this bill passed, the 50% cap on reservation has been extended. The Supreme Court ruled in 1992 that the 50% cap on reservations has to be preserved to protect the right to equal access promised by the Constitution. During his Bharat Jodo Nyayatra this year, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi declared if brought into power, they would remove this cap. 
the state had breached the 50% cap in the past as well, with the introduction of two Maratha reservations. In 2014, the Congress government in the state under Prithvi Chavan implemented a 16% reservation for Marathas, which was later struck down by the Bombay High Court. In 2019, 12-13% to Maratha quota was upheld by the Bombay High Court, bringing total reservation in the state to 64-65%. to This again was later struck down by the Supreme Court in 2021. Now with the passing of the new 2024 bill, the reservation in Maharashtra stands at 64% and Chief Minister Eknath Shinde has said he's confident of the bill passing the test of law. Next, Calcutta High Court blasts the state government in Sandesh Khali case. After allowing BJP leader Suvendu Adhikari's request for permission to visit Sandesh Khali, the Calcutta High Court blasted the West Bengal government for not tracking Sheikh Shah Jahan, a TMC leader widely regarded as the party's most prominent figure in the area, who has been accused of harassing women. He has been missing since a team of enforcement directorate officials came under a mob attack when they went to raid his home in Sandeshkali in January. Coming down heavily on the Mamta Banerjee government over this situation, the Calcutta High Court today said that the local Trinamool Congress strongman cannot be on the run and the state cannot support him. Shah Jahan has been accused of harassing women and the court has said it has taken notice of these allegations as well as land-grabbing claims. Sandesh Khali has witnessed multiple clashes in the last month, all of which centre around Shah Jahan. First, when the ED officials were stopped on their way to locate Shah Jahan, and later when Mr. Adhikari and his team were stopped from meeting the protesting women. The court said, and I quote, If one person can hold the entire population to ransom, the ruling dispensations should not support him. He's just a representative of the public. He's bound to do good to the public. Unquote. It also questioned whether he is outside the state and police jurisdiction as they are unable to catch him, despite primary evidence showing that Shah Jahan has done damage to the public and is on the run after these alleged crimes. Breaking from breaking news, a misplaced wallet or key even at home can be painful. Imagine losing it on a beach and the mighty ocean pulling your belongings into its depths. Now imagine... In a sort of apology, the ocean returning the wallet. Marcy Callavert, a resident of a remote island near Tofino, British Columbia, dropped her wallet in the ocean eight months ago. Now walking her dogs on the beach, she spotted something in the washed-up debris that was familiar. It was her wallet, though a bit spotted with salt marks and surprisingly, even after eight months, all her cards were intact and undamaged. Now back to news. Most Damaging Houthi Attack in the Red Sea After two missiles hit a British-registered cargo ship in the Red Sea, all crew members on board abandoned their vessel. A first since the Houthi attacks on the world's busiest cargo route began last November. The Iran-backed military group has claimed responsibility for the attack. A Houthi spokesperson declared that the, quote, catastrophic attack had sunk the ship, though the claim has not been verified yet by maritime officials. However, the BBC has dubbed this as one of the most damaging attacks so far by the Iran-backed Houthis in the Gulf of Aden. The area is a narrow stretch of water in the Indian Ocean, with Yemen on its eastern shores and the African continent to its west. It is the entry into the Suez Canal, the expressway for a big chunk of global shipping trade. The Houthis have launched dozens of attacks in the area, with airborne drones and unmanned marine vessels. Last month, the Indian Navy had responded to a distress call from this area 
and rescued the crew of an oil vessel, another target of the Houthis. The Houthis claim they are targeting ships associated with Israel, UK and USA in response to the war between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip and as a show of support for the Palestinians. The UK government has confirmed the evacuation of 22 members, which had three Indians on board, and that the ship was slowly filling with water, but hasn't confirmed its sinking yet. The attacks in the Red Sea, targeting cargo ships, have impacted global trade, as nearly 12% of global trade and as much as 30% of annual container traffic passes through the Suez Canal. To escape the attacks, many oil and gas carriers, bulk commodity ships and container vessels are now sailing thousands of miles around Africa, which increases both travel time and cost to the world shipping. And lastly, recovering human memory. Deleted items on a computer can be recovered from the recycle bin. But what does one do about memories lost from the brain? The answer may be in prosthetics and neural technology. In breakthrough research, scientists from Wake Forest University School of Medicine and University of South California have used a neural prosthetic to unlock specific memories. The technology offers hope for treating memory loss due to age, injury or disease. Though in its early stages, the research is promising. The team led by Dr. Robert Hampson hopes to help individuals with disabilities regain their independence by connecting these neural prosthetics with the nervous system. In the future dreamt in this project, the prosthetics and neural technology won't just restore what is lost. They will open doors to a world of extraordinary possibilities. That's all for today. You were listening to the news with NDTV, your daily newspaper and TV bulletin wrapped in a compact podcast. If you want to catch up with the day's events in a hurry, do remember to subscribe to the news with NDTV on Spotify, Apple and the NDTV News app. This is your host Anviti signing off.